Alcohol Beyond This Point Podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast. Can we start again? <laughs> um, hi, my name is Willows. And my name isn't. Okay, and uh, this is... Alcohol Beyond This Point Podcast. Just Alcohol Beyond This Point, I think. But Sorry. It's it, also... But, but, but it is a podcast. It is a podcast, yeah. yeah. And this is the podcast uh, business, and we're b- drunk. <laughs> Business, drinking, talk about it. Agreed. How's your day going? Uh, well, I'm drinking bush, so um, we it, love mu- it must bush. have been good. Here's some bush ASMR. That one's for the boys, just like Saturdays. Cheers. Thank you. Oh, okay, you're just... All right. Thirsty? We haven't shotgunned anything on this podcast yet. Oh, yeah, because I don't want to get the studio, like, moist, sticky. <laughs> we could. We could shotgun something. That'd be fun. I don't know how good the ASMR is on that, though. Yeah, I don't know. I'd love to do, like, a live, like, a Twitch stream and do, like, you know, like, a donation for us to, like, like, if they donate, like, 50 bucks, we just shotgun the, like, closest thing to us. Just get belligerent. Yeah, well, yeah, if we're doing, like, a fucking podcast live stream, we're obviously going to get belligerent. Yeah, well, yeah. All right. So, uh, what's on your mind today? I got a couple topics, If you, unless we want to do some intros, some, some, some sum up our weeks. Uh, not much, honestly. It's, it's just, it's been a really, I guess, comfortable grind. You last skipped weeks. last week. Uh, I was, yeah. I was very mad. Uh, yeah. That's the first time that you've skipped a podcast successfully. You've tried to skip them many times, and I've been able to talk you out of it. That's true. But I wasn't able to talk you out of this one. Can you explain to the audience why? <laughs> uh, uh, because... Because you're a fucker! <laughs> Just kidding. Well, it's... I've been out every weekend for the last, I don't know, like, month or so. I just camping or whatever like there's always been something this last weekend was camping for two days or sorry yeah camping for three days plus uh wedding like all in one weekend well it's a good thing we fucking record on a weekend right but then that leaves i've so the entire weekend is gone so everything that i need to get done on a weekly basis all gets crammed into tuesday wednesday thursday and tuesday and wednesdays are write-offs because of like mastermind and uh, our podcast night obviously and yeah. then i also have to fit in like grocery shopping uh cleaning up from the last weekend instacart uh Cle- gr- girlfriend cleaning, cleaning the house girlfriend she works just as much as i do i don't give a shit and then that's what a girl's for If you're watching the video uh, version of this podcast on alcohol, you kill point. me inside every fucking week. I die a little bit more. You die from alcoholism. I die from willows. I don't understand what you're trying to say. I mean, you make um, life sound like an obligation for pussies. I don't I don't know what you're trying to say there. <laughs> I'm trying to I say. I just say that women have gender roles, and I think they should clean my house, and I should um, drink bourbon. Oh, 
don't <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> um, he, he, I'm obviously being sarcastic. Please don't hyperbolic. Me. Are you? Are you really? I think this is great. Sound. I think I am. I think it's a good soundbite. Somebody should put that on. Uh, it's on fine. I, I constantly say like problematic stuff that I'm like obviously being sarcastic. Obviously. Well, okay. To be fair, I, I'm usually being sarcastic, oh, God, but like, I forgot how gross Bush is. I'm it's hating. not a great beer. I'm hating every sip of this. Hey, I you accepted when I offered it to you. So. It's beer. It's fine. I'll drink That's it. Fine. Um, what was the point? I don't remember. You just get your girlfriend to clean the house and come do a podcast. You fucking loser. No. Okay, <laughs> Ben Shapiro says that. <laughs> You can cut me off right when I start a sentence by saying Ben Shapiro says. No, I want to hear this. Ben Shapiro says women are for for clean and men are for wood. Yeah, except the only wood Shapiro has ever seen is... Is that video of him other... at Home Depot? Did you see that video? Yeah, that one. That, that <laughs> one wood and also the college locker room is the only other time he's seen wood. Ooh, no, he went to a private college. He probably got a little cubicle to change. Yeah, he probably would have been that guy that changed in the stall inside the change room. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and showered like by himself. That's what I do. Why? Why? How many people are you fitting in my shower? I don't know. I never. Not to... your shower. I'm talking about. I didn't go to college. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> anyway, let's. Uh, I have a Shapiro's an incel. We all know it. I have a couple. I love Ben Shapiro. If you want to get on the show, hit me up. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. But uh, let's just see. Hypothetically, I see through the lies of the Jedi. Okay, um, I have a couple of business topics that we want to start off our business podcast. Okay. So, I um, was scrolling Instagram as I do, and I noticed a Forbes, a Forbes article. I love Forbes. Um, that uh, Rihanna, of Rihanna fame, is now a billionaire. They, oh. they, uh, she, I guess you have to disclose how many shares of companies you own, like on a quarterly basis or something. Right. Um, and she just disclosed the amount of shares she owns in, um, in her makeup, uh, brand. Okay. Uh, Fenty or whatever. And, uh, yeah, that puts her net worth at like 1.6 billion or something. 1.3 billion, 1.6 billion. Wow. Uh, which is, makes her the second richest female entertainer behind Oprah. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, wild. So, um, yeah, but they so they broke it down. It's like less than 5% of her net worth was um, from music royalties. Um, it's like $500 million is her makeup and like $300 million is her uh, lingerie brand. Fun fact. Yeah, I guess. And then just other investments and everything. I guess now you don't get to monetize your... your music the same way you used to. Obviously, everybody knows that, but... Yeah. Uh, People aren't, but she, the, but her brand is just way bigger than it ever could have been. Yeah. In the days of vinyl, because in the days of vinyl, it would just be like, oh, this I know Rihanna because of the song. Now it's like, oh, now I know Rihanna the person and everything that she's about in her. Because fashion. I follow her on Instagram, right? Yeah, I know her fashion, I know her face, I know her outfits, mm-hmm. I know her whatever. Yeah. So That's I, I crazy. Just, yeah. So I thought it, I thought that was cool, and then it just got me thinking about, um, like post Malone, we had post Malone's wine on this podcast, um, last week. And um, I was thinking about, uh, like, Jay-Z having a crazy amount of his net worth in art. Yeah. And um, no one told me this. I just found this out the other day. 
This happened like two months ago. Uh, Jay-Z sold title to fucking Jack Dorsey. Jay-Z sold title to fucking Jack Dorsey of Twitter fame for $300 million. Yeah. Do you know anyone that uses title? No. Me I'd, neither. I'd never heard of it until you mentioned that. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it was a streaming service he co-owned, I think, with like Kanye West had stock in it or something. Don't quote me on that one. But um, he was trying to get people to come over to it um, by... Uh, the new Beyonce that Lemonade record yeah. was an exclusive to Tidal and okay. uh, you couldn't get Jay- any of Jay-Z's discography on Spotify because he was trying to get people all over to huh. Tidal and uh, it, they it I, just hurt them I didn't work and then they like release his entire discography on Spotify and they're yeah. like okay and just, I guess sold the company and dumped it yeah but I, I don't know why the fuck Twitter wants or um, I think Square actually bought it like Square oh, okay Square was the one that put up the the shares the, to to buy it or whatever. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's more of the technology, not the brand. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if there's it's, like a these days companies sell just as easily on the, on user data as anything. That's else. that's interesting. I don't know how many people. Maybe it's like super popular in like in Ethiopia or something. Yeah, right. I mean, like yeah, maybe, maybe it's got secondary market potential. Because, but I don't know a fucking yeah. soul that uses title. I never even heard of anyone using it. Yeah. Every time I hear in the news, I'm like, oh, yeah, title exists? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. So, but, okay, but my point, my or my topic I want to talk about is that, um, like, celebrities and, I guess, musicians, but, like, celebrities more so, like, monetizing. Oh, okay. Perfect. Uh, my, my, my argument here. Shaq. Right. I rest my case. So apparently, agreed. Um, like eighty percent of basketball players are broke within five years of stopping to play professionally. I think athletes in general, but yeah. Okay. And uh, Shaquille O'Neal's worth of, like close to a billion dollars now. Yeah. Uh, he owns the streaming rights to like Michael Jackson. Like anytime someone plays a Michael Jackson song, he gets paid. Yeah. Um, he owns one hundred and fifty-five locations of Five Guys Burgers. Yep. Uh, he owns like two hundred car washes. Uh, owns a bunch of gyms. Um, he's had movies, TV shows, fucking Shaq Fu, the fucking soup, like Sega Genesis video game. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was listening to an interview with him just on like TikTok of um, he came up with this like investing plan because he like sold his likeness to a company, like 50% of his likeness or whatever to this company for like a bunch of cash and then he was like thinking he's like wait they can monetize and then so he ended up like buying the company that bought him oh damn okay. and then started doing it to other celebrities and like buying their likenesses huh yeah which is an interesting um phenomenon of like you don't even own yourself as a celebrity yeah you don't yeah you don't own your name yeah like there was a i won't say his name because i don't want to give him any press but there was a uh radio dj here in in winnipeg that said some very problematic transphobic things on the air and then lost his platform and like tried to make a podcast or whatever. And he like couldn't use his own name because right. the radio station still owned his name technically. Yeah. For like a, probably at least a period of time. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, Cause they spent all the money on advertising his name on billboards and yeah whatever and that's like there, so there's a bunch of celebrities that like they can't put their old or like musicians i listen to like rappers that can't put their old music on spotify because yeah. like yeah i don't own the masters well it's like 
what Taylor Swift went through. Yeah, yeah. And I know, like, Russ always, the rapper always preaches, like, own your fucking masters. Like, that should be your negotiation. They're trying to give you an extra bonus. Be like, no, take away the signing bonus. I want, I want rights to my masters. Right. And then you own the song forever. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just, that's an interesting thing. So what, what do you think about, like, do you think people now are, like, going to try and get famous by, like, trying to sing just so they can, like, branch off and then become, you know, diversify their portfolio? Do you think that's, like, a realistic business plan? I think people are... I don't know, it's kind of a strange question because I think people pursue fame and for whatever means and reasons, but just kind of assume that they're going to get rich off of it and don't really think about how. I feel like it's just like a pursuit of fame because you know it'll make you well-known and rich. Well, do you think the like, same the same reason that... It's kind of the same thing. They're kind of ubiquitous together, right? It's just hmm. slightly changing how people do that, and it seems to be getting to be more in control by the artist and less by, you know, the studio makes all the money or the producer makes all the money, and now it's going back to the artist in a more honest way. It's kind of what it seems like to me. Do you think... Um... Do you think celebrities are traitors to their class? Traitors to their class. What do you mean by that? Like, what? should we eat them just like we eat the landlords? Uh, <laughs> that's a hard one because... Because a lot of these people... Because peop the general public, like, willingly, generously platforms them and gives them their money. Like, yeah, but the general public willingly buy stuff on Amazon. Yeah, but not because they're buying Jeff Bezos. They're buying Amazon stuff because it's affordable and convenient. They're not buying it because it's Amazon. Mm -hmm. You bought the Post Malone wine not because it was like great wine at a convenient price. I bought it because it was Post Malone. Exactly. Yeah. It. I think there's a big difference. People don't... I don't think you can really hate on a brand as much as... You can hate on an individual? Like, I don't, th well, I'm not saying you can't, you absolutely <laughs> You can do whatever you want. You can absolutely do whatever you want. No, I'm saying that people won't because you're kind of opting into it. You're supporting that person willingly and you know exactly what and who you're supporting. Like it's, it feels pretty transparent to me. You can't like, fucking... yeah, until you find out that like 19 people write their songs and <laughs> like, yeah, but I don't know. People fucking love them anyways. That's pretty general knowledge. What do you think of this the uh, baby debacle? The what? Oh, the baby, yeah. The baby, and then spelled debacle the same way. The <laughs> baby debacle. That's what I would title the YouTube video if I made it. The baby debacle. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, just saying, if Lil Nas has the right to be gay, have the right to be a homophobic asshole. <laughs> yeah, that was basically his like, his backup was. What in the hell? Yeah. For context, if you don't know, the baby is a popular uh, hip hop artist. And he got on uh, stage at Rolling Loud, which is one of the largest hip hop festivals in the world. And he basically said, um, "Like if you if you don't butt fuck guys and have AIDS, put your hands up and shit like that." Like, and it was like this whole weird homophobic, like thing stage rant, stage rant for like no reason. And um, I triggered. <laughs> okay. 
I triggered the fucking <laughs> Google on my watch. I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, and then people were like, hey, that's homophobic. He doubled down and basically said if Lil Nas X, who is a um, homosexual rapper, can be gay, then I have the right to be homophobic is essentially what he was saying. He's like, I was raised like this. It's okay. Um, and then he got like dumped off a bunch of Lollapalooza. Just was like, nope, yeah. you're fucked. Get off my stage. I canceled them. Um, and then I saw a really funny tweet today that was like, um, um, we can't, cause like some people you can separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Um, I think like a good example is like Chris Brown. Right. Everyone knows he's a piece of shit. He's beating the shit out of Rihanna and a bunch of probably presumably other girls allegedly. And, um, or I think he was charged for like convicted for that. Right. But whatever. Um, but people still love his music, right? He comes up with a new yeah. song. Fucking people listen to it. No one gives a shit. But DaBaby's like getting canceled. And I saw like uh, they pe- people were having trouble separating the art from the artist because his art, art isn't that good. <laughs> yeah. It's like his art isn't good yeah. enough to separate. That's Yeah. I mean, I, not to say that uh, Chris Brown didn't suffer greatly from whatever happened. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure his music and everything took a big dive, at least initially. And it, I think eventually he kind of fought his way back through merit of music. But, I mean, the baby could do the same. He could write really good shit and come back for all we know. Yeah, who knows? This who is knows? like, you know, it just happened, so who tune, knows? Tune in next week for the yeah. uh, baby updates. <laughs> but, um, like, an- another great example um, is uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. I think is one of the best actors like you know you but am i watching like seven being like this guy's raped children <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah. like I, i'm i'm able to at least personally separate the art from the artist also i don't think he's like getting paid much for me netflix streaming a movie he was in 40 years ago maybe he is but yeah um but bill cosby's on tour right now yeah <laughs> He's out of fucking jail and he's on tour. <laughs> like, and people are seeing him, presumably, right? Like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Just straight out of jail, right on the tour. Well, because he's uh, technically a free man because the he wasn't just released from jail. The charges were like overturned right. by a judge and uh, like erased. And technically, he's never he's a innocent man. Right. Yeah. Even though like ninety women <laughs> were like, "Hey, <laughs> it's fine." Uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's fine then. Yeah, I guess he's an innocent man, so yep. we have nothing to say. Yep. He's a provenly, <laughs> provenly innocent man. Everything we would have to say is alleged, so... Allegedly innocent. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good, like, punk punk band name. Allegedly oh, innocent. Allegedly innocent. Did you see the... Um, this is our pop culture episode. <laughs> part of the podcast. Did you see the, um, they kicked the drummer of the Offspring out of the band because he won't get vaccinated? No, I did not. Yeah, it's pretty... Oh, because the, the, um, the lead singer of the Offspring... Um, has like a PhD. Um, he invented like an HIV cure. Like he's done like a, yeah, he did like a fucking doctorate on like HIV vaccines and stuff and like made a cure for symptoms. Um, like a treatment treat. Yeah. Whatever. But like, he's like one of the smartest people in the world, but he's just like happens to front a punk band. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, so yeah, his drummer wouldn't get vaccinated. He's like, get the fuck out of the band. <laughs> like That's crazy. Yeah. yeah I, not even just for you're an idiot, but also 
that would really if you're a big band that travels that's going to mean that guy can't travel anyways yeah that's actually a good unable, point. unable to perform his duties i saw today that biden was uh is signing a thing that's um they're not going to let anyone who's not vaccinated into america like at all like in as in immigrant in, or as in traveler both mm. those have to be double vaxxed if you want to i mean that's pretty strong words for a country that's like doing almost nothing to help other countries become vaccinated i don't know reddit yeah. yeah no i i get no i believe it 100 percent. it's just it's it's one of those it's one of those issues that's just it's becoming more stark with just global disparities right it, it's a prime example of global disparity like you have yahoos at you know throwing massive protests saying we don't want to take the vaccine and then you know buddy in Somalia is watching this. He's like, "Oh my God, I want this vaccine!" And yeah. he's watching the news, seeing all these people being like, "You don't have to make me take this. You're infringing on my liberties." And people, I, with I, no... everyone just hates America right now. And I, I Pe- think, I think it's I, justified. Yeah, I saw. T- I retweeted a tweet at the beginning of the pandemic. Someone was like, "The rest of the world is like, we're proving to the rest of the world that America's like idiots or something." And I retweeted it. I'm like, "Lumma oh like you just think now." You're a laughing stock. <laughs> like the global community has been laughing in America for 20 years, 30 years. Like the heyday of America being the best country in the world is is far, far removed. Well, we talked about this on the on the mastermind call of how the only thing America's got going for it is it's got the most consumers. Uh, it's got the best, biggest, fattest consumers in the world, and that's not going to change anytime soon. So the economy is just how much do they consume and how much does their dollar allow them to consume and how much power does that yeah because realistically right now if you want to trade globally you have to trade to america right well for now for now but china's poised to <laughs> pass them like yeah really quickly yeah how what do you think of like what, what is our duty as individuals consumers and business owners like we 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 me and you both consume things and we also produce things right do we have a duty to like i don't want my country going under so i'm only gonna buy canadian made stuff i don't think it's realistic to try i agree (laughs) i don't think it's possible i buy i buy local when possible right you support local when possible but that is usually um you know even if you go to a local retailer odds are their products are based overseas yeah even, even if the retailers here yeah well the mics are that we're talking on are probably made in china or japan yeah and uh, the mic stands are definitely china this table's it's really old might be might be canadian but probably china or europe yeah it might be canadian american made like i've got a, like a really nice like marble coffee table at home and I'm like, wow, this thing looks super nice and expensive. Like it was a really, really high price tag on it. And I was crawling around underneath it yesterday or the other day, and I just see like made in Taiwan. Yeah. I'm like, oh, somebody just they just slapped this thing together, I guess, for super cheap and just shipped it overseas. I'm like, not even fucking high end marble furniture is safe. Well, I buy have thousand dollar suits that are like made in Bangladesh. Well, I'm just thinking like. In terms of you're paying three thousand dollars for a table, you assume you're paying that three grand mm. because it was made here. Here, Palliser Furniture made it, right? So it's because we have to pay twenty dollars an hour. So and that table was 
for sale for about three grand from a local retailer. Who bought it and then resold it. Who bought it from like a, you know, like a West Coast furniture design shop, which shipped them over from China. Like, yeah, which is, yeah, interesting. I'm sure the Canadian business made money, but mm-hmm. also the uh, import-export business made money, but also the manufacturer made money, plus the quarry that pulled up that marble, plus yeah. whatever. Like, it's globalized economy. It's just not feasible to to censor your consumerism. Like, And are you okay with that? I don't think it matters if I am. Or no, I'm not. just I'm asking your opinion. Yeah, like in general I'm fine because I think a globalized economy is fucking necessary. Like look at the complexity of the goods we consume. It's just yeah. not possible to have that come from one place. Yeah, I, I I agree. I like the global economy. I'm I'm idealistically like no borders, honestly. Like I don't give a fuck about right national like, pride. I don't I don't care about like how I think of it is like why is why is my dollar why would I rather support a Canadian fa- like family than you know what's the difference functionally between a Canadian family and a Chinese family if I'm feeding somebody besides racist <laughs> reasons well, not I much. Know, what do you mean I don't okay I didn't mean it like, like that I meant like no I know what you're saying I'm saying like besides besides a prejudice justification there's really not or besides a nationalist mm. explanation there's really no well because i think most nationalism is racism just in package yeah, package differently it's ethno-nationalism it's not racism yeah it's just ethno-nationalism we just want white people yeah we want democracy for white christians that's all well my and the rest of you can also have democracy but over there my my one of the brewery owners here in winnipeg was bartending one time and his, there had a couple guys at the bar that were getting tipsy and they were just talking about immigrants or whatever, right? And being like, fucking immigrants, like, oh, no. all this shit. And he, you know who I'm talking about, is an Irish man. Yeah. And uh, he's bartending and he's an Irish man and he has a very heavy Irish accent. Oh, and he God. basically goes to these guys like, "You, f- well, I'm a fucking immigrant. You couldn't be here right now in this business. And they said... No, 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 not those kind of immigrants. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> not, the ones that yeah. lo- not the ones that look like us. Yeah, so it's not we need to have strong border control because, like, what, what probably if this man was sober, he would have been like, no, I'm not racist. I just think we should have strong border control. We should have jobs for Canadians yeah. and take care of our homeless and our poor before we start bringing in immigrants Right, that's like probably his sober talking point. Right. But then drunk was, oh no, 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 I didn't mean white immigrant. <laughs> like you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like because so, that, that's what it. That's the, the he's saying the the quiet thing loudly. Yeah, and and that's what I think a lot of um, anti-immigration, anti-strong uh, border policies I think are are it's, just veiled racism. It's usually well, it's, yeah, it's it's very thinly veiled racism, and it's just policies based on how do you how do you scare white uh, white people. Mexican caravans. What the fuck was that about? It was bloody amazing. Where did he come up with that? It wasn't a Mexican caravan. It was like a Honduras caravan. Yeah, but through Mexico. Yeah, yeah. It was like, what was that? Was it even real? No, (laughs) not remotely. You good? Yeah, if you were watching the video version of this podcast on youtube.com slash vote willows, you can see that I just spilled a bunch of beer on my shirt. It's great. It's fine. I'm I swear to God I'm not drunk. I've had one three fifty five mil beer and like two shots of bourbon today. 
I it was a long day. <laughs> um, oh God, that beer's gross. Ugh, I can't get over it. Like I drink so many different kinds of beers. I'll flip like from a pale ale to a fucking pilsner to a sour beer to a rattler to a stout and like I'll drink Corona. I'll drink like Michelob. I'll drink fucking Budweiser. But this tastes like shit. Yeah, shout out. Uh, we're not gonna get a sponsorship. Shout out Labatt Brewing Company, Bush and Beer. Um, like the, the it just it just has like a a bitter a bitter taste like in the back. Of your well, it mouth. tastes like Budweiser to me. It tastes very similar. It's worse, I think. <laughs> okay, that's bold. But um, if you know me, I don't drink much uh, macro beer. I yeah. drink almost exclusively craft beer and almost exclusively local craft beer. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, because when you buy local craft beer, you're supporting the Manitoba government. Wait, <laughs> um, this is but this is the this is the macro beer that my roommate drinks, and I drank a bunch of her beer the other day. Yeah, so I bought her like an eight pack to pay her back, but then she's like, "Oh, you only drank like six of my beers," so I took two of them for myself, and now we're drinking them on the podcast. I like it, so it's fine. Um, yeah, I think like I'm. I don't like Alex Jones and company always like QAnon. They always use globalism as like a scare word, right? Like the globalists want this. Why? Why is that bad? Like, I don't understand Well, because I want to control everybody and, and put chips in your penis via vaccine. But like, I don't get why global, like why is globalism bad? I had this conversation with my dad where is, uh, cause you know, conservative christian he's talking about how uh, you know this is gonna bring on the one world government and blah 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 and i'm like isn't that a good thing i'm like because that like if that's true like uh, you know let's say the prophecies of the bible are coming true of the prophecies of revelations uh and this is you know the one world government and the antichrist and all that shit i'm like isn't that a good thing because that means like Christ is coming back and therefore you're going going to go to heaven and be vindicated of everything that you've stood for your entire life. Okay, I'm like, well, that's good news. Okay, well I don't really care that's about good news. I like, don't care about the religious argument to but, it, but no, it's the but it, a lot of it is religious though. A lot of it is kind of around that idea the the globalist and globalism is a direct um it's like a trigger word for Christian Americans. Okay, but surely there's a non there's a non-Christian argument for why right, but, globalism's bad. But, but I'm saying like the the words are so similar, and I think that's on. I think that's probably where it's that's on purpose, and that's partly why it's like a trigger word. So even if you're not a Christian, you probably grew up hearing the stories of Revelations, and most Americans grew up like with some form of Sunday school or church or pre yeah. TV preacher or whatever. Even I did. And they're talking end times, and those are. The, that's the language they use about end times. So the second they say a globalized economy. The Bible talks about a globalized economy? No, as soon as you have a politician talk about globalized economy, you, the back of your brain defaults to, oh, shit, the world's going to end. Why? I'm doesn't matter. completely lost. It doesn't matter why. Like, it's it just, it's like loose associations. Like, that's how politics work. They use, like, fucking trigger words. Of loose and loose associations to get you from one conclusion to their mission. Sure, right. That's how you make a successful speech. It's like, oh, this is like that. Just kind of, and then yada yada yada. Vote for me. Well, I always. What is it like the? 
the 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 banker takes like there's a hundred cookies on the table and the banker eats a hundred of the or ninety nine of them and then tells the middle class guy, Watch out, the immigrant's gonna steal your cookie. Yeah. Like <laughs> basically. Right. There's a George Carlin bit where he said like uh the 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 upper classes makes all the money, does none of the work. The middle class does all the work, pays all the taxes. And the lower class is there just to keep the just to scare the shit out of the middle class. Keep them showing up at those jobs. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Basically that's uh that's um that's an Orwellian concept. Yeah. Where they yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. I like I feel like the more I was kinda of talking about this yesterday, the more I'm learning about the world and getting older, the more I'm just feel like I should focus on myself and my loved ones and not give a shit about trying to make the world a better place. Yeah, we're we're talking about this is back to the nihilism, right? The the cheerful nihilism of um, nothing matters, therefore I can do whatever I want. Yeah, and it's all fucked, therefore might as well send it. Well, because I feel like I'm not going (laughs) to change anything, right? Like, I don't think any politician has made any good changes. (laughs) I think one of the best arguments I ever heard that just kind of set my mind in that way was um, the book by what's it called um, the guy that owns BlackRock Capital. I don't know. Fuck, he's only ever written one book, and he says he's only ever going to write one. Um, okay, so Ray, Ray Dalio, founder of Bridgewater Associates, one of the biggest hedge funds in the world, uh, wrote in his book. He's like, I have. Obviously, he's a billionaire, controls, and more so than his net worth. Yeah, assets under management. Assets under management and the ability for him personally to allocate those assets in a way to, like, literally move markets and move the world. Because when they got to a certain size, they had to start factoring in how big their purchases were and like people watching them. Yeah. Cause so, you flood the market as soon as you purchase something, not like, even flooding the market. It's every people time see the trends, every time they made a trade, they'd make a ripple. Yeah. So in, they had to add the ripple effect into their algorithms at, the, at a certain point cause they got so massive. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he talked about how futile and how tiny his entire life was. Okay. And, and he's like, my, he's like, I'm, an infinitesimal part of the human experience. He's like, I'm one person out of 7 billion. I control, you know, this and this much money, but in the context of a hundred years, I only hold it for this short amount of time. And like, I don't know, he just, he goes into it for pages and pages. And he's, and I'm like, if this guy at world shifting billionaire level says, I have no impact. Mm-hmm. Of, I, I can make no meaningful or lasting <laughs> change. Yeah. And he's like, not even my legacy will be remembered in a hundred years. And I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> what can I hope can to I do? do? Yeah. And I'm like, I guess whatever I want. Yeah. And I, when you, that's, that's the whole concept of like, ni- like cheerful nihilism as like, I, I don't know if I like to call it that or that's what it's called. But, um, it's it's a hel- that... I think it's a healthy way to look at life for a billionaire because I think too many get to that point and like we're talking about Jack Dorsey with his you know giant beard Gandalf and beard and he's Gandalf trying to beard. save the world yeah so that's you know thoughts of grandiosity 
where that maybe will get you into trouble. I don't have delusions of grandeur. I have actual grandeur. <laughs> exactly. That's where it begins. But, um, like, I think I am God. It's possible. You look back and I'm floating. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I look back and we're in Mexico. We've just been we've just been drunk. <laughs> we never left. We never left the patio. It's fine. I wish. Um, yeah, you'd be healthy. Yeah. No, I think that is a healthy way for a billionaire because, like, yeah, I think you're right. They 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 maybe turn into Elon Musk and want to start putting us all on Mars. I think Elon Musk is just like genuinely has like a panicky need to get this done. I don't yeah. think he's like, I'm powerful, therefore I'm going to do it. He's like, I'm literally the only guy that can do this, <laughs> so I better get to it. Yeah. And he's probably right. But do you think that's, like, do you think the, like, what's his name you were just talking about, the Bridgewater guy? Regalio. Saying that, do you think that people look at that and go, oh, shit. Like, if he's saying that, then fucking the world is hopeless, like... Because then what am I supposed to do? I think that's why most people don't say that. Why? Because it's not... It's not what people want to hear. Okay. And, like, most people that write books are writing for an audience, right? Yeah. When the premise of him writing this book was he wanted... He's like, I've had a significant life, and I think it's important for me to write down the principles of the life that I've lived mm -hmm. and this is the first and last book I'm ever going to write because I think this sums up everything that you need to know about my life which is essentially Every what we do this podcast for is to document our, right. our principles and our, our mentality behind yeah he's like everything else is just would be fluff or self promotion yeah and he's like I don't want it. that's not what I want out of this I'm just going to put out this book and be done with it okay and so he wasn't writing that book for anyone really to be a top amazon bestseller yeah which i mean in inevitably it was because of who he is but i think that's i think that's really key to that way of thinking i don't know i guess i guess i just value it a lot more because it, it doesn't seem like there's an ulterior or like secondary motive to him saying anything in that book that's interesting yeah yeah which then you could you could definitely see a lot of uh, successful people go on to like write a book or star in a movie just to basically blow themselves like to just yeah you know <laughs> literally it's it's self-aggrandizement it's self-flagellation um we love flagellation only when i do it to other people um anyway but uh but th there's I, I think like yeah like you said like i would respect somebody who isn't doing it for that reason like they're not just trying to I want to be f I want to be a published author. That's why I would write a book. Is it? Is to blow myself. Yeah, basically. But you wouldn't respect it. But I I don't give a <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I don't need people to respect me. Then why would you write a book? Fun? It's not, I don't think it's that fun. Why do I do anything? Life is pain. Compulsion. <laughs> Life is pain and it'll end when I die. Yeah, we also talked about this yesterday, the idea of we're just in, like, a manic pursuit of the need to just, like, get anything done. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, yeah, what did we... Who who said that? Me. 
Was that you that said like you were talking to somebody who was like Yeah, that was me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell that without saying names. That was yeah. actually that was a really good. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure I I don't think did... you I've never heard it before. So. Okay. All right. So <laughs> this is a this is an existing story within a story that I've told before, but uh last time I was on acid, I was uh sitting with uh several other people on the same said acid allegedly and uh we were we got into the conversation of like like how's your how's your life going in terms of career work whatever and i knew that these people i was talking to were you know they had no career prospects really they They're had no older than you and they don't have any yeah, yeah right older than me no career prospects no ambitions no real no like hard or soft skills to speak of like just basically happy to make a surviving wage and beyond that uh their personal life just kind of revolved around you know having a couple friends getting drunk getting high like getting through the next week and just you know very simple streamlined low stress kind of life aside from personal dramas and whatever so they were i was talking about how I was excited about whatever was going to happen. And they're like, that sounds like so scary. That sounds so stressful. I'm like, no, it's not scary to me. I said, not doing this and not pursuing these things is like the scariest thing I've done. I'm like, the one time I was sitting still and I had no, I had no plans. I had nothing to look forward to. I said, it's the most scared I've ever been. It's almost paralyzing just sitting there. It's like, I don't have a business. I don't have prospects. I don't have, like, I've got all these things I've learned, but like, where am I going? I've accomplished nothing. Like, it's that's when I start to panic. Yeah, the fact that you weren't working was in a stressful environment was incredibly stressful. Incredible. And I, a, lo- said, a low, a no stress, easygoing day is sometimes hell. Yeah, I agree with you. You said that to me yesterday, and I was like, huh. I was at a family function the other day, and yeah. I was fucking miserable. And I just, like, I opened my phone, and I'm like, I don't get a lot of work emails anymore, obviously. Yeah. Um, I had a work email and I'm like, sick. <laughs> I immediately started working on it at like 9 p.m. half cut at this family function. And it was like, I just dove into the work and I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm like, I would rather be w- working at work right now. Yeah. And so, I've, I, that's, I think, putting a lot of my feelings into words. What you just said is that yeah. like, I feel the exact same way. I, I feel like I'm when like if you were listening to this podcast 10 or so episodes ago when we were at the beginning of the pandemic or like the second lockdown and I was like not doing anything yeah I was like fucking stressed like I'm like this is it like yeah so I was I was telling this to this person and they're like well what stresses me out is the idea of having to learn all these complex skills having to read books having to compete in a in a you know in some corporate environment where i have to fight for promotions or negotiate for higher wages and everything that comes with that and like that scares the shit out of me and i just it stresses me out to the point where i just i don't even want to try and we just kind of sat there looking at each other and we're like we're both the same amount of scared and nervous it's just and we both have ba- pretty much the same tolerance for it, except my fears set me up for a successful, happy life in this society, and their fears set them up for misery and suffering, really. Yeah. 
because if you don't do those things, you're not going to have a comfortable or happy life. Not really. Not 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 you're, you'll not have to, the same way. Not in the same way. Like you'll have to compromise. You can not saying you can't be happy if you don't make money. But if you don't make any money and you're on like government assisted living and government housing and you're at the you're kind of scraping off the bottom off of subsistence like nobody not many people out there can really claim they're super pumped about a subsistence living yeah of course in a first world country yeah of course like at least from the people that i've spoken to <laughs> yeah from yeah. like sure yes dude in the woods in a cabin subsisting off the land he's having a heck of a good time yeah but that's more of someone like me than <laughs> yeah i saw some clip like them i saw some clip the other day that was like some guy was like telling he's like lives on the land in this cabin that's yeah. like you know and whatever and then the interviewer was like what's a good day to you he's like a good day is when nobody shows up yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like i don't have a phone don't have internet i just i get up when the sun wakes me up and i uh go to bed when it's too dark to read anymore yeah. And then uh, he's saying, yeah, what's a good day? He's like, a good day is when nobody shows up. <laughs> so yeah. Funny. Um, he, he was like running a business, wasn't he? I, I just saw like a TikTok clip. I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't remember. I think the guy's like running like a lodge or like he's like out in the woods and has like some kind of business and they're like, oh, what's a good day? He's like, when I have no customers. Yeah. But um, yeah, but that's different than, well, I've been, I've been fucking broke. Yeah. Like I've been homeless. I've been broke sucks right sure like i've do. had i've had my parents pay all my bills feels bad yep as an adult right like it's like yeah i don't know it's it's but like is there like we can blame capitalist society till the fucking cows come home. cows come home but you know has it ever been any different for any human five thousand years ago i don't think it's ever been better right now oh no no no, never that's a different argument i'm what i mean is like this same kind of person five thousand years ago is sitting in a cave going well i don't want to go hunt and gather like it makes me i'm scared of fucking antelope right and i'm scared of taking a poisonous berry right so I'm just more comfortable if I don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's yeah. not like there's always people that didn't, but you had to, and you would die if you didn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I I don't think it's something that ever was uh, possible. It's more possible today than ever, which is probably why there's more people like that than what ever. What is, to just do nothing? To be in that direction, yeah. Yeah. It, um, because it's been, it's increasingly more possible as society advances. You could consider me a right-wing person i think many people would yeah but i don't personally but I, i'm sure you could consider me one and um i don't those kind of people don't piss me off at all no me neither right like no but i because i feel like all my conservative people i know are so mad when someone like wants well that goes on welfare and wants ubi and they're so personally offended yeah like, I fucking worked so hard to get through university. So if you get a free university... It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what are you talking about? It's like, do you regret putting in the work? Well, you know what it is? It's like the same as uh, my I struggled, so I'm going to make my kids struggle. Right. It's like, no, you don't want that. You want them to have a, the life you couldn't have. Like, I don't know. Like, it's I don't even know how to explain that way of thinking. It's just selfishness. It's like, 
I had to work for university tuition, so everyone else has to. I went through it, so it's not fair. It's a fucking toddler right? being like... Yeah, it's, the, mm, I, it's not fair. Yeah, that's that's why, basically what it is. Like, it, why does he get yeah, a good yeah. toy and I don't? Yeah, no, that's that's a good way to visualize. It's a screaming toddler yeah. in a sandbox being it's like, It's not, not fair. fair. Yeah, that pretty much sums up the, the a lot of that. Like, I, cl- I, clean the, I had to clean the sandbox, right? It was all dirty. Before I was allowed to play in it, I had to clean it all up. But then now my brother comes into it and he gets to play in it and he didn't have to fucking clean anything up. How's yeah. that fucking? So now I'm going to shit in the sandbox. <laughs> when you're done playing. Exactly. To ruin it for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like now. It's just so immature. Like, and the more I, I fucking hate people that are like complaining about like UBI's on the table now. Like Universal basic income's on the table again. And uh, raising minimum wage and stuff. It's like, just get better skills. Get better. It's like, just fuck it. Like, I'm getting, now I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, just fucking pay people money. Like, UB, our UBI system, the one we propose, is going to be like two grand a month or something. Yeah. I'm like, do I want to make two grand a month? No. no. <laughs> like, I want to make a million dollars a month. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand how you're mad at people. <laughs> For getting what they need yeah like and what are they gonna do with that two grand a month they're gonna spend it all where you know at my and, business yeah that's exactly. where they're gonna spend be it. happy about it <laughs> like, be fucking happy oh man i just people are so like the I, I i feel like in the last like year my mentality has really changed on this that i really th- i used to think liberals were the weakest like socialist communists that l- white white communists that were born into middle class families in first world countries yeah were the low the weakest link and don't get me wrong they're still dumb <laughs> but now i think these fucking right-wing trumpers are the weakest breed of human no it is like that's like most like school shooters and bombers and shit it comes from the immigrants ex- the Oh no! Wait, they're all oh, incels. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, oh yeah. yeah. It's the exceptionally average American. Yeah. That's who becomes the most dangerous. Disproportionately white. Yeah, has buys into the um, into the right wing dream. Right, buys into it's society's fault, not mine. <laughs> but then liberals think that too. No, I think the right wing dream is like. Um, I should be rich, but I'm not. Therefore, it's not fair. Like, you know, just anybody can pull themselves up by the bootstraps and become a billionaire. Like that they message, can. but then they don't. Oh, so they're losers. And then they get mad. Oh, I saw I saw something today that was like, the only reason you're not confident is because you're not competent, competent in anything. Wow, way to just <laughs> b- boost people up. <laughs> That's the only reason why. That, that's fantastic. Just get competent in something, you'll be more confident. <laughs> like, I, I, I think that's partially true. Um, for some types of confidence. But yeah. I, I wanted to mention a really amazing uh, New York Times uh, the podcast, uh, the daily piece that was done yesterday, day before yesterday, about, it was just an interviews of, of uh, employers, like various business owners of different kind of political views. And how they were dealing with labor shortages. Yeah. And also like high demand of their business, but also labor shortage at the same time. How much money they were losing and so on. And what they thought of the people that used to work for them and now weren't coming back. 
and uh, it was like 50-50, obviously, because of how they arranged the podcast, of people saying, you know what, fuck those people, they're lazy, like, I feel betrayed, uh, you know, I've had, we, this has been a family business for a hundred years, and, you know, I have the staff, I know their kids, I know their families' names, and they just, like, they don't want to come back, and now, like, now my business is suffering, I'm not making as much profit, because they don't want to work, come back to work. Sucks to suck. Right. So, that was, like, the one side, and then the other side was, he's like, yeah, no, I get it, like, I get why people don't want to come back to work, it's a lot of fucking work, it's really hard, and if you're making this much money on EI, like, why would you come to work for something you don't super love, he's like, so it gotta be compelling, he's like, I gotta, I gotta pitch well, you gotta close fast, and like, he's like, whatever, you gotta fucking deal with it, and that was probably the best, more, that was probably like the healthiest outlook on it, and then they interviewed the various employees, or uh, former employees that were unemployed, uh, were capable of working, but were choosing to not, and what I basically got out of that, it was mostly like hospitality and retail workers where they just kind of talked about how, you know, they'd been working since they were, let's say, in high school. It's 16 years old, you get a job, you work at the mall, you work at some restaurant, you're, a, you know, you're working in the dish pit, you're working as a busboy. And that is your life through high school. And then you graduate and then you immediately go into full-time work and then maybe into part-time work and then culinary school and then you get out of culinary school and then you go full time. Now you're working like 70, 80 hours a week to work your way up in the restaurant. You're working like 11 a.m. till 2, 2 a.m. You're working six, seven days a week because weekends is when it's busiest. You're filling in like you're just grinding your fucking ass off. And this guy's talking about how he's like, my feet hurt. They're blistered all the time. He's like, I'm always covered in burns from chest down all over my arms. Oil burns. You pull hot meat off whatever the, the fryer and it drips oil on you. He's like, so I constantly am covered in burn marks. And he's like, I'm always tired. He's like, I had bags under my eyes for like seven years straight. And he's like, and then the and then the fucking quarantine hits, and I'm forced to stop. He's like, I never would have stopped working willingly, but I was forced to stop. He's like, and when I stopped working, I he's like, I rediscovered my love for cooking. He's like, I was I was starting to hate it. Like I hated cooking the same food every day. I hated this fucking job. He's like, but it was the only thing. He's like, I thought he's like I knew I was passionate about food. And I thought I had to have this job because it's like, that's what's going to sustain me. But he's like, I make three grand a month for working 85 hours a week. And I have no time to cook for myself. He's like, I don't go for walks. I don't read books. I don't read books anymore. He's like, I don't take naps. I don't go out. He's like, I haven't even seen this entire fucking state I've been living in for the last 10 years. He's like, I, I don't know a single park around me until the pandemic hit. He's like, and now I've done all that. I've taken all this time for myself and I've fallen in love with cooking again. He's like, why would I go back to the restaurant job? He's like, I'm going to go work for the United Postal Service, work 40 hours a week, make close to the same money. I'll get union. Uh, I'll get union representation. I'll get health benefits. I'll get health insurance. And I'm going to have a life again. And I can love cooking again because I'll, go, I'll have all this time and all this money to cook for myself. And he's like, that's how my fucking life is going to go. Because this rat race, this hamster wheel I was in before, it just made no sense. And I think what America is experiencing right now is in the retail and hospitality sectors, those are the two that are really hurting for jobs. Most other places are doing okay. They're hurting because the jobs suck and they're underpaid. Do you think it's like, both? Or do you think that... Because like this, what you're describing, this like 70, 80 hour a week job, I know jobs like that. It's pretty typical for hospitality. 
Yeah, but those jobs will never really get better because that's just what the job is. Exactly. Right? But you could pay double. Would yeah. that make it worth it, do you think, for a lot of people? Or do you think there's still a disconnect? I think it's... I, like, I, I was thinking about them. Like, okay, what's the alternative? Well, yeah. uh, first thought was robots. Robots, yeah. Se- second yeah. thought was, well, pay more. And yeah. the restaurant charges more. But and I guess, then, like, if even if I'm paying double, that still doesn't give this man any free time. Right, but it might make him more willing to pursue that because double the money now gives him whatever early retirement more mm. funny money later you could take more time off or maybe, maybe you could take one less shift a week or maybe he takes off a week a month and works 80 hours a week three weeks a month sure like, sure whatever it may be like that's one way to look at it yeah. another way to look at it is like okay so the, the the knock-on effect is you pay that guy more restaurant increases its prices people got to pay more to go out to restaurants and it it's kind of like a you know God bless capitalism. It it's kind of like a self-correcting thing, where it yeah. it will then again find the balance between how much you need to pay these people, how expensive is a restaurant. Yeah, and the problem is when government starts getting involved in setting minimum wages and stuff. That's what fucks it all up. That's right, what fucks this fixing itself. It's because the federal minimum maybe, wage yeah. in the United States hasn't gone up from seven twenty-five in in a decade. Right. If they just didn't have a minimum wage. Well, the okay. market would have corrected itself. I, I think. But the, I think that's. I think that's the wrong. Uh, I think that's the wrong argument because if you're saying if they didn't have a minimum wage, it would have corrected itself. Well, I think so. Why does? Why was the minimum wage relevant in the first place? Why wasn't the wage rising with the market? Why did it stay down so low? I don't why, actually. Why didn't I it, don't really know the history of the minimum wage. I know that when it was introduced, the president at the time had said. The intention is this is how much the average American needs to raise a family. Right. So we're going to make it this amount. Right. Now it's like a quarter of what Now it's like a, if, if it was scaled for inflation, minimum wage would be like 22 bucks and it's like seven. Right. Um, so I don't think I don't think the lack of a minimum. I don't think no minimum wage is the answer. I, I think know. if you're going to have the structure of a minimum wage, it should have stayed on that equal pace. But remember, inflation is a tax. Like inflation is the government right. saying we're inflating our money. It's not inflation. Isn't something that just happens. It's right. man. It's man-made. Yeah. Some economic scientists came up with inflation. Yeah. And yeah, no, and like the fact that like I I just get government out of it. They're bad at it. They're they're bad at this. Get them out. Get them out of there. Yeah, but you you can't. And t- then if you and then in private school, are you looking? Are you are you talking about like philosophically? What's the solution, or what's the practical solution? Practical solution is because is shoot Joe Biden in a video game and everybody else and everybody else, all of them execute them in Minecraft. Well, and if, if you could eliminate inflation and minimum the, wage and the global currency exchange market yep. and the global replace glo- with ethereum and the global economy replace that with dogecoin yep w- with dogecoin yep. and then also have no more minimum wage yep. re- replace that with uh with uh, nothing diarrhea coin okay sure uh, like <laughs> you can't disassemble it it's it's inseparable from like the sum like it, it's, See, that's it's what too op- complicated that's what oppressors like you Nobody like fucking to say, no. no that's what oppressors like you like to say to me oh no it's too big to fail it's too complicated i'm not saying it's too you, big to fail i'm saying it's too big to fix you can't <laughs> exactly you can't just defund the police you can't just give people a living wage you are so negative i think we can do whatever we want we can 
disassemble the government. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, okay, let's go. You should uh, listen to the podcast. I guess not podcast. It's a book. It's an audio book releases podcast after the revolution. Okay. I've heard, that, of I've heard of it. I've heard of it. By the Robert Evans, the Behind the Bastards guy. Yeah, you guys always talk about it. Yeah, yeah, so after the revolution is basically like after the second American revolution where like the U.S. breaks into a bunch of warring states. Yeah. Or warring nations. The Trumpos, the yeah. the AOC feet worshippers, the gay the, frogs. The Mormons. And the Mormons. Those are the four <laughs> the four genders. It's basically Florida, Texas, the Mormons, and the Midwest. <laughs> That's about it. And New York. And then the Fire Nation attacked. Don't talk about Mexico like that. Anyway, we're going to transition now into a segment that we call Shot Caller, the part of the show where you, the audience, can pick the uh, the shot that we take. Um, today we're going to shoot expensive bourbon because fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Wild Turkey Bourbon. Uh, it's a Kentucky straight bourbon um, made by turkeys. And uh, this mm. is called Wild Turkey 101. I don't know what the difference is, but it was $10 more expensive than the regular bottle. Um, I had this. I was at a, bar, a local bar here the other night for an, it was like 10 p.m. after work. I just went for a nightcap. I said, hey, do you have any, uh, just give me a glass of bourbon, whatever. And they gave me this wild turkey and I've never had it before and I liked it, but that was just like the original version. This is like the 101 version. I don't know what that means, but it's, it's aged for 101 years by in turkey meat. Dear God. Now I'm excited. Yes. I'm so excited. Oh, <laughs> Shut sorry. I thought you were talking to me. Shut up. Um, so cheers. And if you want to sponsor... Um, us send bourbon, send burbs, birds. Why do we just shoot nice bourbon? We're funny. That was lovely. Could have been colder, but yeah, it's not too bad. I don't not think you're bad. supposed to serve bourbon cold. I know you're not. I like it cold. That's fair. On the rocks. I like two ice cubes. I like one giant one. Oh, I should get one of those giant ice cubes things. Anyway, I have a... If you were done ranting about your fucking fascist stuff, uh, I have a... I am not done being a fascist, but okay. But we'll you move on. Ahead. Okay. Yeah, you go ahead. Um, I have a topic that I want to re-swing back to. Uh, last time I brought this up. So I want to buy a house. Yeah. And last time I brought this up, you called me an idiot. <laughs> and said, if you're going to buy a house not for a rental property, you are literally dumber than pond scum. Yeah. That's I what you said. I stand by that. Okay. I have a new argument to come back at you at. Okay. Okay. So I, I've saved my, I've saved like a 5% down now. Yeah. Um, which in Manitoba, there's a uh, five per- there's a first time home buyers uh, grant or whatever it is. It's a program. Yeah, I think that's a Canadian thing. Um, not you're saying not just Manitoban. It's all whole Canadian. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's CBC. Okay, so basically, the Canadian government guarantees the money to the bank if mm. you. It's a whole. It, it, 
it's like mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance sort of. isn't you yeah. getting insured; it's the bank getting insured. Yeah. But, right. Okay. But the because otherwise, why, why? Why? What's the bank's incentive? It's the government. That's the program. Is the yeah, government yeah, yeah. being okay. like, we'll yeah. we'll patch it up if anything gets fucked up? But instead of having to put twenty percent down on a house, you can put five percent well, down. It's more like ten. Whatever. Ten down to five. Okay. But it, so it's down to five. So I have that. But they, I probably need twenty as a self-employed person. From everyone, eh, whatever. From any, everyone I'm talking to, well, it's because your T four is too low. Yes, yeah, whatever. But uh, anyway, but as I'm saving up money for a house, I'm starting to think more about it, realistically. And I have this nagging he- voice in the back of my head. It's Tyler saying, "You're an idiot." Okay, but here is my new counter argument. Okay, mm-hmm. if I had a house, I would have never been denied for business financing. If you had equity in the house, any no like uh, my friend owns a brewery. Told me the bank let him leverage his house, the equity in his house, like twenty to one. Still for you, his business, but loan. you still need equity. Yeah, but how fucking yeah? And I put twenty percent down. I get twenty percent equity. No. Hmm. You're not putting twenty percent down. First of all, uh, if you put five percent down, uh, it'll be I think the th- roughly the third year before you start building equity. Sure. Before you start. Yeah, but I started because my business fir- like five years ago. Yeah, but the first the first three years is basically taxes and CMHC fees and Hello? then banking fees and realtor fees. That's what I, you're gonna pay for the first three years. I'm not paying a retailer retailer. I'm gonna buy it on Facebook Marketplace. Sure. But either way, like the first three <laughs> Purple year, bricks. The first three years is basically mortgage fees. Sure, which makes it yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. So it if you're going to do the equity play, that's a five to eight year play. Yeah, but I'm not when like, okay, I'm either going to do five to eight years now or in five to eight years. You know what I mean? Like I have to do and it at some point. the counter argument is in that same period of time, if you do the rental property play mm-hmm. at that eight year mark, you could own, you could be on your fifth house and have equity in five properties that would be greater than you would have had in your single one like because you're gonna have the rental income from each they're paying themselves off and then eventually paying each other off and then eventually paying off your personal home in the same period of time what do you think of i buy a house i live in one floor and i rent the other floor that's the same thing as what i'm saying so that's closer than well it's it's just it's it's a yes and to what I'm saying. Okay. So so a house with a basement suite counts. Okay. They call that, like that falls into more of the category of house hacking, mm-hmm. which is where you're looking to basically net zero your living expenses. Yeah, because you net zero, but then every year you're paying off equity. Right. You net zero on cash, but you build equity like you would either way. Yeah. So but you're, it's not costing you anything. Exactly. So that's, that's what they call a like house hacking. But, you know... Some people, they, they just stop at that. Yeah. You know, you have a house with a basement suite or you have a duplex side by side. You live on one side, rent out And then the other. once I pay off the equity, I kick the person out. And now I have a whole house for myself, essentially. Or... Buy a second house. Or you move out, rent out both, and own a bigger house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you just do it again until you have five, six have, houses and have then you, you have a giant considered, house. Have you considered that most of the stuff I buy, I don't actually make equity on? Sometimes some things I just want. Yeah, fair. Um, 
I'm just saying just you can get you house. can get a bigger more of what you want if you take it like this is also maybe a Canadian thing you take advantage of that first home buyers program to get into your first rental property because the other thing that like this is advice I got from a mortgage broker and a bank manager so he knows the mortgage laws inside and out and he's like financially free virtually retired living I hate living the in phrase financially free financially free <laughs> meaning it's so overused meaning he goes on a trip every 60 days lives in a one and a half million dollar house i go on a trip like three times a week usually by myself in my basement oh yeah, yeah with yeah. the benefit of drugs but no powerful yeah, like, disassociatives <laughs> every every 30 to 60 days he's on a trip million and a half dollar house and he's like early 30s and he does it comfortably like he's not stretching he's not over leverage like he makes comfortable income he's doing this spending money at that level and also still on track to retire by before he's 40 like and literally all he did was he's like i buy as many houses as the bank will allow me to and i never sell one even my personal home. So he had like a big personal home in like a, a bougie neighborhood. And he's like, I could have sold that house to buy this one. He's like, instead... Put another renter in it. I moved out. I got a renter for whatever, $500 over the cost of the mortgage. It was like a $3,000 a month rent payment. Apparently some people are in the market for that. Okay. So he's like, it was $3,000 a month to rent out that house. I rented it out to somebody. And that subsidizes my next house because as soon as you get that lease that basically writes off that mortgage payment to the bank yeah and he's like i got 11 other houses now i just have 12 and i have this one he's like it is so much harder to buy a house than it is to sell one like in, in the eyes of the bank he's like sure. never sell a house if you don't have to okay he's like sure liquidate mm-hmm a portfolio buy more houses that's like that's a whole nother thing but like cycling your inventory but he's like you the number the number of houses whatever like don't don't ever let go of that title if you don't have to it was generally his advice and obviously he's super simplifying it but that advice carries because when you like acquiring an asset costs money moving an asset costs money selling an asset usually costs money so why would you transfer something in or out of your possession if you don't have to? So buy a fucking house, whether it's a house hack with a, like if you want to do the basement suite thing, if you want to live in a house that you own for your own, like for sick the, pleasure for, for the mental reward of it, I get it. I'm probably going to do something similar. Well, cause I feel like at this point in my life, if I can afford a mortgage, I'm dumb to just be paying rent. Not necessarily. I don't know. I don't know about it. What's because you know about when it? you people think when you're paying a mortgage, you're just paying off your house. It's like no, you bought a two hundred thousand dollar house. You're gonna pay forty thousand dollars in interest. You're gonna pay ten thousand dollars in realtor fees. You're gonna pay four thousand dollars a year in repair costs. You're gonna pay three thousand dollars a year in taxes. Like that. When you add that all up, if you, you might be better off just renting. You're better off renting unless you own for more than eight years per house you live in. Which would be the plan. Right. So if you're if you're going to buy a house, don't move for eight years, you'll be net positive. Yeah, which is would be my plan, I think. 
yeah barring hot markets and your neighborhood popped up 30 percent in two years and you made a bunch of money and you in your house and you're then at that point you're essentially flipping it right right yeah but you know i i, I like to keep up on real estate news as much as i can yeah. and what i guess the market has surged around in this area it's a lot well it's a lot but it's also extremely stable people are paying a hundred thousand dollars over asking right now that was in like spot price like i mean general pricing let's say we're up 20 percent since the beginning of the pandemic yeah which is a lot when you're talking which about 300 dollars houses well that's an insane amount considering we've done three percent every year yeah for like 25 years yeah we've basically done inflation the last right. winnipeg is notoriously cheap housing for right but this in general for canada uh let's say we've done about like 15 20 percent in the yeah. last two years um bank of canada is calling for not calling not calling for but like analysts talking about the bank of canada statements like because the bank of canada will never fucking say this they'll you know they they have their language but their language interpreted is the markets come up a lot and int obviously interest rates are insanely low like get a mortgage for like 2.2 percent or something stupid right now uh there will need to be in order to not crash or have hyperinflation or anything like that there will need to be a, either a market correction of double digits like 10 to 15 percent market yeah. correction which means the prices dip that much from current but i don't know if you're good at graphs if you go up i am if you go up 15 percent and then down 15 percent you're, you're not at the same amount you're not <gasps> you're higher Oh no! Than when you started. Oh no! Right. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, but it's not like real estate's getting any cheaper ever. No, exactly. It's not like but you can wait till the best time. Like that's what I'm saying. If you go up twenty, down fifteen, yeah. you're still up like eight. Yes. Or nine, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Uh, so there's a double-digit market correction coming, or interest rates are going to like eight percent. I think that's the both is going to happen. <laughs> it's. It's either or or both. Well, I mean, you're going to get a correction and then the interest rates yeah, and then it'll stabilize. Interest rates are going to go up. There's no question in my so, mind. Like. Yeah. So basically, if you go to buy a house now, make sure you don't get wiped out by interest rates in yeah. five years when you refinance your house or when your mortgage <laughs> expires. Uh, so I think you'll be fine because your, your, your income is going to go up in, every year for the next five years. Every year for the next million years. Sure. But we're talking about mortgages. Right. This is in China. We don't have million-year mortgages. Not yet. Yet. Wait right. till I get elected pre president. <laughs> I wish you were the Canadian president I'm, of China. I am the Canadian president of China, and I'm going to make your mortgage a million years. So for the Willows case, I would say take advantage of the super low interest rates. Yeah. Buy a house at 2.1%. Yeah. Uh, do the basement suite or even just rent out rooms just like the same living situation you have exactly right now yeah but you own the house and you subsidize your mortgage probably break even maybe even make profit living in this fucking house and then in the future it can turn into just a full-on rental property and allow you to buy more houses get more business leverage whatever yeah because like every single sorry finish whatever you do get rental income to get that equity faster because i i agree with the argument of business of home equity will be good for your business yeah 
get there faster with a renter. Because every single, we went to every bank and credit union in the province at some point to try and get more money when we were going out of business. And every single one started, oh, I don't see your mortgage. Uh, <laughs> like, right. uh, Which bank do you have a mortgage with? I don't see you have one with us. Right. Like every single time. And like my, that's the only language they fucking speak. And my friend who owns a brewery, um, when he, because like I was telling him about how hard it was to get startup capital. He's like, they didn't even ask twice. They just looked at my mortgage and like, yeah, give me, gave me $500,000 in cash. And I said, I don't have a mortgage. He's like, oh, <laughs> like, I could see that being difficult. Here's the fun part. Here's the fun part about rental properties, people. Um, when you refinance a rental property, let's say your equity's been paid down, you, now you have one hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand dollars of equity in the property. You refinance that property back up to eighty percent value. Let's say the market's gone up, interest rates go down, whatever. You're like, oh, this is a good spot rate. I'm going to refinance. You refinance up to eighty percent. You pull out whatever money you pull out is tax free. Really? Cash. You don't pay capital gains on that? No. Why would you? It's a it's a loan. The bank gave you money. Oh yeah, because you're not selling an asset. It's a lot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. you're just it's the a bank, mortgage. It's yeah, another mortgage. You're, you're just borrowing more money at two percent, three percent, and so, you're not going to get a better rate than that anywhere else. So you basically you you just pulled out five years of rent money, tax free, and then you just pay it back to your own mortgage. You can do whatever you want with it. It's okay, you got everyone what, has three mortgages nowadays. This is why real estate is fucked because it's <laughs> like the tax advantages of it yeah. is worth it, period. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, as I, long as you don't sell that asset, you're not going to be taxed on it unless they implement like a wealth tax or whatever, but But that's a whole different argument. Yeah. Um even that's not likely and if it is, it's still going to be lower than you would ever pay as an income. And then we're also fucked in more ways than one <laughs> in more ways than just yeah. than just that if that happens, but um no, I think like building Start like I'm. I'm actively trying to build like a depth to my credit history and, and yeah. stuff and income. But then I also need to start building an asset asset portfolio, right? Yeah, that'd be the best way to start. But then I'm a scummy landlord. Well, you can be eat, a landlord and not be scummy. Eat all landlords. You're exploiting someone for what should be a human basic human right. Well, once they make it a basic human right, I'll stop being a scummy landlord. <laughs> don't talk to me. Talk to the government. I don't make people human rights. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, without landlords, this would be a much harder place to live. This is now the landlord defending show. Yeah, I guess so. Welcome back to Landlords Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> landlords Anon. How many times did you get verbally abused this week for existing? Seven been there done that fucking sick of it but we'll do it again 100 percent, 10 10 <laughs> our lives say eh? like worst experience of my life never do it again but i will i am we're doing it again 100 uh, running a business that's just how you are yeah it's like we're it's uh I see, you see a lot of memes of this like for golf too it's like ah what a fucking awful day i hate this sport i played so shitty i'm miserable what's tea time tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so buy a house because mark mortgages are going to be like, do you understand the difference between a 2% and like even a 5% mortgage rate? My parents bought their house at 18% in the eighties. Yeah. But also cheap house. 
Uh, yeah, relatively though, like still, like the the total cost of the mortgage compared to their income was still less than you'd pay today for the price of this house with the low interest rate. Fair. That's. I think you're probably right with that. I'd have oh, to check I, them out. I know I am. <laughs> uh, if my grandfather was making third, like. No, he's like five five dollars sixty cents an hour, and he paid off his mortgage in seven years, even though it was seventeen percent. Like that's not the same as it is now. That's fair. It's not the price of the home versus the income. It's like everything else. Yeah, relative purchasing yeah. power and how strong your dollar is yeah. in relative to nothing was better than like Canada, U.S. in like seventies, eighties. Like the buying power was just insane. Yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like you, you could literally, you could have, let's say, minimum wage times two gets you a house, two cars, and a cabin. Yeah, retired yeah. by forty-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then boomers Prepos- ask, preposterous. <laughs> and then boomers ask, like, why our generation is so lazy? <laughs> but... Right, which is fantastic because, like, I'm thinking about um, getting into like the luxury, uh, you know, short-term cabin rentals because yeah. I think the unwillingness and inability for our generation to own cabins when we get up to that age is there going to be a surge in airbnbs i think people are going to be way more motivated to pay an inflated rate because they'll never get the money together to buy a cabin or why would you bother i don't know because you want it well it's 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 not just the money it's the work it's the commitment it's the time sure like it makes way more sense to use a service like Airbnb because you're going to use that cabin, let's say, a grand total of 42 days out of the year. Sure. Yeah. And out of those 42 days, you take that price, let's say you pay Airbnb dollar value versus the price of a cabin amortized, like you're way off work. You're worse off owning that cabin, especially if you have any ideas of like traveling to somewhere that's not your cabin mm-hmm. you're like oh i don't want to go to the cabin this summer i want to spend it in europe you don't have that option when you own the cabin you're fucking stuck with that thing and you got to spend the time to keep it up and all that so i think because of the way that travel has changed and the services that now exist the way that airbnb makes travel possible the way that airlines make travel cheap general again globalization of credit cards currencies language technology like traveling is way more enticing now than it used to be like it's not scary to go to thailand anymore but you know back in the 60s going to thailand is like you might not come back because you might just get like stranded in some small town and how are you going to get out like because you like what do you, you go to the payphone so you don't have the right coins to put in the machine and who do you call and what do you say when you get on the phone now you just pick up your fucking smartphone you go to mcdonald's you connect to your wi-fi you hit your travel agent and they get you out like it's a totally different world and owning a cabin makes very little sense that's interesting an interesting point but as an asset it's phenomenal why because you can charge... Oh, because you're talking about like renting it as an asset. Right, yeah, being, yeah, yeah. Okay, being a okay, landlord. Okay, okay, okay. Being a landlord owning it as an asset. Because you can rent it at insane inflated prices because people are like, oh, we only do this once a year anyway, so we're right. going to pay $400, whatever. Instead of making 300 bucks over your mortgage, you can 4X your mortgage. Yeah. Granted, you need a good, you need to be good at it. Like, you have good experience, whatever. There's, yeah. There's caveats to that. Of course. People, it's not as simple as... Everyone can be shitty at it. 
if you really try hard enough. But yeah, I think it's a fantastic business, like really long-term business plan for all those reasons. And I think it's just going to get more true over time. Like think about Xennials. Are they going to be mowing grass at West Hawk and slapping up new boards and fixing no. toilets and water? No. No. no, no, I lost you halfway through. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, already, I'm already like, it's like my eyes glazed over. I, I, I dozed off. Like where's the concierge? Yeah. Well, I'm going to buy a cabin and make you do everything essentially. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> to charge you through the nose for it and laugh about it. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Oh. Um, hour and a half. Buy real start. Do you have, now for yourself. Do you have another topic, or do you want to just wind down? Um, I think. Well, I I think we could probably just at this point transition into business tip of the day. Yeah. Which is buy a house and rent it. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's super relevant right now because I'm in a business that is really good for generating cash and it can generate a lot of cash over a short period of time and it can be highly profitable and all those things which is great but it's very hard to build longevity and scale into this type of business because you're in a contracting business where you do tiling and stuff yeah and it's very very based on your personal talents right it's very talent based yeah so if I try to scale this, like tr me trying to transmute my talents into someone else is very difficult, but also just scaling, scaling anything that's like high end or premium, unless you're, you know, if your product isn't actually premium pre wines, right. If your product isn't actually a premium. So not like me, but you have the brand that people believe it's premium. Like, Oh, look at the gray no. goose. Yeah. We have a Supreme crowbar. Like, <laughs> that's not a, that's not a phenomenal crowbar. It just says Supreme on it. Yeah. Like sure. You can do that in certain markets, but like, that's not really possible in my industry. Mm -hmm. So unless we pivot to uh, building products, where we get brand recognition for design. That's one thing that would, that would be a totally different business than exists today. So based on the contracting business that I have today, um, there's no real retirement or path that makes this any easier in five years than it is today. So what's your tip business tip? So my business tip is same as, your strategy for buying a house, buy a rental property first, acquire assets using the same means as other people have. So using my business instead of my job per se, acquire assets that can build wealth. So use the business to buy, to do this luxury cabin thing I'm kind of talking about, to acquire cabins, rent them out, Airbnb them, whatever, build wealth that way. So don't be... Don't let the idea of like, oh, this business won't last forever stop you because as long as it generates a lot of cash, it's probably worth it. Or and if it generates a lot of wealth, but no cash, it's probably worth it. Or if it generates a big brand, but no money, it's probably worth or it. Or if you're having fun. Or if you're having a lot of fun, but not making a lot of money, it's probably worth it. Like, don't look at things in such a way where this business has to check all the boxes where like it's got to be fun it's got to make cash it's got to build wealth it's got to last forever and if it doesn't do all those things it's not worth my time um it can do one thing 
virtually nobody gets wealthy like that. Like most most billionaires get there through real estate. Yeah, even I think if it you, was like fifty percent or it's more. It's more. Okay. Like even if you're a tech billionaire, that tech person got there likely through real estate or through the stock market or through something else like that. Like most billionaires get there through real estate because they use their cash income business to leverage, build an asset and build their personal wealth. Like that's just how it works. So it's a means to an end, not the end in and of itself. Cause the end in and of itself is your personal happiness and freedom. Because we talked about that at the beginning of the episode, cheerful nihilism, fucking nothing matters. Do whatever you want, live how you want. Um, how do you use what you're doing to jump ahead further instead of saying what I'm doing right now isn't enough because you probably have most of the formula already. So look at your options. Buy a house, Willows. I will. We'll talk to you next week when I own a house. (laughs) Literally it could happen that fast. So, my neck, my business tip of the day comes with a little story first to contextualize it. So I now own an award-winning winery. Ooh. Uh, we officially, one of our products won a double gold medal, which means it's the top Most of Most amount of gold. The top of the category um, at the All Canadian Wine Championships 2021. Regular gold is like 90th percentile. Double gold is first, first, at, first place. First place, yeah. So we, yeah, we won a first place medal, double gold in the 2021 All Canadian Wine Championships. Thank you. Clap them cheeks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, I will be milking that forever. Forever, forever. literally. We are, yeah. I already changed the Twitter bio to uh, award winning. <laughs> Can I tell a, like a very short side story? I guess. You know PBR? Beer? Like yes. Pabst Blue Ribbon? Yeah. You know what Blue Ribbon's from? No. The one time... Or oh, didn't they win it at like a county fair or something? Yeah. They, yeah. They, there was like a big like diorama like display competition where it was like him versus uh, the uh, Budweiser guy. Yeah. And they basically built like a 150th scale of like a this crazy brewery with like a crystal dome like i don't know it was just this insane diorama and they won the blue ribbon in this like contest they spent in today's dollars like literally a million dollars on their trade show booth okay and they won the blue ribbon over so they changed their name from paps to plaps blue ribbon because they won a award and they're still milking it (laughs) okay i think i've heard that story so you should you yeah, should absolutely. I, so, change, so what I'm saying, change your business name to Shrugging Doctor Double, double Gold. gold. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, yeah. And so my business tip of the day. Now, this isn't the first award we've submitted to. But the other awards we didn't win. But we just kept doing it until we won. Until something landed. Because now... I can say this forever. I can say we're a double gold award-winning winery. We're an award-winning winery. Fuck off. Um, So my tip of the day is any industry probably has some sort of, you know, whether it's the Consumer Choice Awards, that's a big one. I love that one. Or, or, you know, a lot of industries have some sort of award system or legitimacy system. Legit, like, maybe not Better Business Bureau because they're kind of a scam, but um, I guess so is... Forbes is a giant scam. It's fine. Okay, so local marketer that uh, 
I'll, I'll tell you later who it is. So they're doing, uh, they do whatever, marketing, sales, branding, promotion. They're selling spots on an article that they paid to write to Forbes, basically. So they're paying, whatever, 50 grand to get this article published on Forbes. Uh, top five businesses to watch of 2021 is going to be the headline and published then, by Forbes, and they're selling those five spots. For more than, obviously, more than they paid on the... Right, so like 50 grand, 100 grand a piece. That's fucking genius. <laughs> so what's that worth to you? A How lot, much? probably. Right. Well, to some people, nothing, but mm-hmm. some people, a lot, because can you? what can you capitalize on that quote-unquote clout? Sure. I think I can, like, I'm going to start running ads with this fucking award. Right. Like, you know, I, I so, think I can capitalize on it a lot. You, you, you paid nothing for I that award. I paid nothing. Well, just the cost of the entry was like 50 bucks or whatever. Right. Yeah. So whatever, whatever the clout is, buy it. Chase it. Well, yeah, my, my tip of the day is, yeah, basically seek out some sort of external credibility because we uh, edification, right? Real or not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and and, real, real and, and fucking milk it for what it's worth. Because if you have a good product, but you're not getting in front of enough eyes, yeah, you need something to be able to steer people in your direction. And they see something, oh, this is award-winning. It must be good. They try it. It's good. But you need people to try it for the, in the first place, right? Yeah. So I think that's, yeah. Yeah, it's like how... Uh, like Dodge or like Ram trucks own Motor Trend and they win the Motor Trend truck of the year every year and like Ford owns another magazine that does another award and then the Ford wins that award every year and then well, GM has this other magazine that has this other well, yeah, award the that fucking, has, and they win that one well, every year. Well the Canadian year. Sleep Awards or whatever like right. Buddy invented that like yeah it's yeah. just like the 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 Manitoba Winemakers Association yeah, I was, <laughs> Wine of the Year. Yeah, I was going to... Why haven't you held an AGM and given yourself an award yet? That's a missed opportunity. Because <laughs> it's... People will see through that shit. No, they won't. Okay, I won an actual award now, so your point is whatever. Do it again. Okay. Give yourself an award. I'm going to get and my... And do like a photo shoot of like... Me... Do, like Photoshop you... Shaking my own hand. You with like a different hairstyle. Shaking my own suit. hand. And suit giving yourself an award yeah shaking your own yeah, yeah. do it you have to do it okay you, you must perfect and if anyone notices give them like a coupon you don't think people will notice me giving myself an award no okay perfect um people buy on headlines not on <laughs> research and i'm actually being interviewed tomorrow morning by the winnipeg metro on about the award yeah exactly like and we were in the we were in the <laughs> Matt is sitting down with that reporter and they're like they're looking at they haven't like actually looked at any of the content before they showed up they'll be looking at it they're like wait a minute wait a minute this is you you're like yeah yeah so are we, we doing, doing this, this or not <laughs> <laughs> are we doing this or not <laughs> it's like let's see if anyone notices it'd probably get right past the other day it would, probably, it would, it would fly um, I, think I think it'd be amazing. Or you can do it legitimately like I did. and then No. Okay. No. Don't, don't do it legitimately. That's Tyler's tip. No, no. Make your own association. Give yourself an award. Be like um, <coughs> real estate in Winnipeg. And, uh, it's fine. God, they have another... Uh, they, they have What's, another we're they, almost done. Let's get off and then talk about it. Um, I want to crash a party. Thank you for listening to uh, Alcohol Beyond This Point. Podcast. Uh, it's Alcohol Beyond This Point on Instagram. Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast on Facebook. Um... Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We're happy to be back. We're recording every week again now. It's been a um, slice. Bye, it's house. My, it's my...
it's my busy season, so I'm I'm a little bit behind on the editing, but uh, I'm trying to get um, last week's episode up as soon as like next week's is recorded. Is kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. So uh, thanks for your patience. Thanks for listening. My name is Willows. This is uh, you didn't even say your name at the beginning of the podcast because you you I just it's, said I'm Willows and you said I'm not Willows. Well, I'm I'm still not Willows, but I'm now uh, Tyler Bergen. Of the Memorial Lounge, <laughs> of Memorial Lounge fame. Yeah, at um, at at Tyler underscore the Builder or Surface dot Studio okay. on Instagram. Okay, I'm, I'm also nearly a hundred percent certain your Instagram at is Tyler the underscore Builder. Oh, it might be because we always say Tyler underscore the Builder, but then one time I was tagging you and I typed Tyler Tyler the and I couldn't find you. I'm pretty sure you. you oh, always, that's that's very possible. You always say the. Under, I hate underscores. The underscram. Why in the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, it's not like it matters. Vote willows on everything. V o t e w i l o w s. Um. Thank you for. Thanks for your earballs and the face holes. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast.